0: Hi, I'm Dustin. Before we get started, I just wanted to say that this show may be about kids' books, but it's for an adult audience. Sometimes we use profanity or make some risque comments during our discussion. I try to give appropriate ratings in the show notes, so be sure to check those out before you allow your child to listen along because, again, this isn't really made for them. Also, some areas prohibit explicit language, so be sure to listen at your own discretion. Thanks for listening. Now on with the show.
1: Okay. Yeah, I love that character. I love Jason Todd in general. So, and I love the actor that plays him. So, He's got a very punchable face, though. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's like you little He's got that He's got that chin it's that that,
0: everything's kind of i mean it sounds bad but it's it's all kind of squished in the front like yeah you know like he's got "Mm." this big forehead and he's not unattractive but at the same time you just Mm -hmm. god you want to hit him
1: (laughs) a lot of it comes down to the hair
0: it always does (laughs) it always comes down to the damn hair
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: can read hi and welcome to dustin can read my name is dustin and i am here with bob who i know from twitter and the great pop culture debate how are you doing today bob i'm doing great how are you doing spectacular great Um, (laughs) like i was saying i met you on twitter uh, mm-hmm. I don't really know exactly how we met on Twitter, how people just meet on through Twitter.
1: Through random random hashtags and tweets and connecting through various podcasts that are all like talk to each other and, and interact through Twitter and you just stumbled upon we stumbled upon one another at one point. Yeah. Yeah. And we I think we bonded over high school musical the musical the series. Oh yeah, I'm sure that we probably I did. I think <laughs> that was our
0: very first interaction was over oh, something yeah. about that probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is why I brought up this book to you because it was written by Tim Federle who is the creator of the TV series and I was like you know what he likes this Disney stuff and this is going to be a Disney plus movie so why not read this book find out what's happening with it and you know see maybe how we might like the movie if whenever it comes out yes so but you I mean you got eager on this because I was I mentioned it like a few months ago
1: and you're like hey I read the book already like, well
0: wait wait
1: <laughs> Well, yeah, and I mentioned to you like I do audio books quite a bit and shortly after you and I had that conversation, I had a trip home and home is to go home to I'm in DC. Home is okay. to go home to New York, upstate New York. And I, li- I always listen to books in the car. So I, I like downloaded it immediately for, for listening in the car and I like crushed it in, in the trip on the trip home because I listen at two times speed. So Okay, good. <laughs> okay.
0: Well yeah. I I I <laughs> I was like, Man, you already got that book, my God mm-hmm. <laughs> i just mentioned it and he's like i read it it's great I'm like, okay all right well give yeah. me a minute i gotta catch on the <laughs> books i already have set for the show and other things i gotta do but i'm glad we got to it finally yeah <laughs> so um bringing up uh twitter you are uh at DizBobNerd, which is Disney, basically D I S disnob, sorry, disnerd bob. Sorry, I messed up your name. <laughs> disnob at is dis- a different account. Dis- yeah. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that one. Um, yep. <laughs> that's a private account. Um, at disnerd bob on Twitter, you got it. Yeah. So if you ever want to follow him, go for it and also follow the great pop culture debate. What is that Twitter handle? Do you know that one? off um, It's
1: actually um, it's at culture underscore debate um, on Twitter and it's great pop culture debate on Instagram. Um, don't ask our, our lead, our fearless leader, Eric, don't ask him how he came up with just culture debate as the Twitter. <laughs> he, he, regrets it to this day, but at well, culture underscore debate, um, on I think Twitter. you can change
0: it, but I mean, it's kind of, you know, now you have you're branded so much, you know, you don't yep. want to change stuff. Right in the deep into the branding, deep in. <laughs> I hate that. And you're like, why did mm-hmm. I do that? Now you got to start all over. You have to be big enough <laughs> to be able to start all over. There's like a point where you can't start all over and then you get big enough and you can't. It's totally fine. It's true. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's a great podcast. It's fun. You guys are like Thanks. really quick and quippy. And you have like a good roundtable of like picking and choosing various topics, you know, like best actors in this best song in this, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, even like sports stuff sometimes and, and gaming things and hope everything in pop culture, basically. So yep. if you want to check that out, you should. Bob is a regular on there. And along with a I mean, how many people? come and go on that
1: oh it, it's it's so it's a panel of four guests um, on each episode and there's probably like 15 of us all together we kind of rotate in and out we've had some guests um, we're currently working on season five which I think will start to land in March we're, we're recording um, pretty aggressively in February to get that to get that season out and yeah you guys in, have a and, lot of
0: lists out to, for people to like narrow down yeah. what your what's going to be on your brackets yes so yeah, and I went I went and did some of them. I think I
1: did like five. Fantastic. I think the only one I
0: didn't do was Star Trek because I don't know Star Trek that well and I okay. didn't feel right trying to choose best that's female okay. Star Trek character or that's something.
1: That's okay. A lot we got a lot of response on that one. Okay, um, good. Boy band is the one we're working on that I need to get we need to get some more responses on, surprisingly. But well, <laughs> really? we won't talk about we won't talk about that because that's that's a perishable topic because by the time <laughs> this comes out the poll the poll will be down. So <laughs> that's totally fine. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. So, okay, let's talk about this book.
0: And um, like I said, I chose it because of Tim Federley being the creator of High School Musical Series. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? This guy wrote this book. And then I noticed he wrote three of these books. I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. it must have been successful enough, obviously. Um, And then I found out, you know, shortly after I I actually brought it up to you, I found out that it was going to be a Disney Plus. I think it was just before the uh, Disney Plus Day. And that's when they announced it.
1: I didn't even hear it until you finally were ready to record this. And you're like, oh, the Disney Plus movie. I'm like, wait, hold on. What? What just happened? So you (laughs) actually informed me most recently that there's a Disney Plus movie. So we should definitely talk about that at some point throughout this conversation. Oh, totally. Totally.
0: Yeah, that's what I kind of want to go through, like what we kind of like our hopes and dreams for it and whatnot. And uh, just to see, um, you know, like what what scenes, what characters we want to show up in it. I think it'll be really fun. The director is Tim Federle, and he, of course, it's based on his book. I'm not sure if he – I think he wrote the script as well. So, But it should be hopefully faithful, although I've found some differences in casting, and I was like, huh, something Mm -hmm. got changed out that I'm I'm (laughs) wondering about it. But we'll talk about that in a few. Now I want to talk about the book, which apparently it came out in, I guess, 2013. I think that's what it says. Let me double-check here because sometimes you look like, uh, yeah, it says text copyright is 2013, and yeah. And so, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it, but I'm not going to go through a full in-depth recap. I mean, I will tell everything that happened, but it's I'm, I can't get through everything, and there'll be some quoted stuff. But um, I'll read, I'm going to read the back of the book
1: real quick. Perfect.
0: Nate Foster has big dreams. His whole life, Nate has wanted to star in a Broadway show. Heck, he'd settle for seeing a Broadway show. But how is Nate supposed to make his dreams come true when he's stuck in Jank Bird, Pennsylvania, where no one except his best pal Libby appreciates a good show tune? With Libby's help, Nate plans a daring overnight escape to New York. There's an open casting call for E.T. the musical, and Nate knows this could be the difference between small-town blues and big-time stardom. But as exciting as it is, the Big Apple could be big trouble. And if Nate isn't careful, he'll be lucky if he makes it through Times Square, much less the audition. With his dreams on the line, can Nate sing his way to the top? Ooh. <laughs> it's, ooh, it's just filled with a lot of drama right there in that. In that mm-hmm. whole thing. The one thing I hate when they say they, they planned an overnight trip. He did not plan an overnight trip. <laughs> uh-uh. But it ends up being an overnight trip, which I like. Um, the cover of this, which I don't know which cover you saw. The cover I know on the audiobook that I saw was him basically the back of him jumping it's almost like the yellow brick road and the emerald city in the background but it's new york it's
1: that's what i see when i
0: look at that cover
1: yeah the Um, cover yeah the cover i i it was him on stage with the with the like the big letters and lights of n-a-t very high school musical actually better (laughs) better nate than ever and nate was in those big letters and i think he was actually form. he's like on his if i'm he's like kind of like forming the a in in nate as well with his hands in the air um yeah with, this cover it, I the have right here. I don't know if you can see it. I it's like that. Very cover. Plain. Yeah. I like that cover. I can see it. I, I know that doesn't make for great audio, but
0: like, that's true. That's yeah. true. It's not animated really. I mean, it's, it's, you get the little bit of the keychain with the, um with the statue of Liberty hanging on the E of Nate. And it's just a pink, it's a, well, actually purple. It's a purple cover and it's green letters and, it's nice. It's pretty, very basic, but I do oh. like the audiobook cover because it, it's so animated and it's
1: like, oh, there's something fabulous about this. You know, it's like, oh, big Broadway. You know, you can see what that's about. Right yeah, actually, I see the one you're talking about now, too, and that's it's very similar to the one um, that I'm describing, too, which I've Googled this a million different times. So, like, <laughs> I've probably seen like a million different versions, uh, but yeah, I see the one where he's like his back is to you and he's like got his hands in the air and he's skipping along down the red carpet. So. That's why I'm like, yeah, it kind of looks like the
0: Yellow Brick Road in a way. Like it's going to the big, you know, the Emerald City type of thing in mm-hmm. the background. Yeah, that's what that's very what set I up see that way. It. Yeah, it's very set But I guess, you know, that might just be a gay thing. I mean, you <laughs> don't <that's laughs> right? see it that way. I'm like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. friend of Dorothy and whatnot. Um, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, it's a fun little story. And I mean, I I didn't know what I was getting into when I, re- you know, I started reading it. I thought it was going to be more of a lead up to him going but it starts right off the bat. He's yeah. he's going. Like within the next chapter, he's he's off to New York, which I thought it might be a little further in, you know, just reading that description. But yep.
1: he wastes he wastes no time, he steals that fake ID and he's off. <laughs> exactly.
0: It's kinda like, you know, and I also thought the story it reads even from the first few pages, I was like, this reads like, Are you there, God? It's me, Nate. Oh okay. that's what it read like to me. It felt very Judy Bloom like. And I think actually it's one mentioned. of the um, yeah, and I think it really was. It, it felt it's very coming of age, you know. Mm-hmm. Instead of a thirteen-year-old, twelve-year-old girl, it's a thirteen-year-old boy who's going through his own identity, you know, issues at the same time. And there's even on that cover that you know you're looking at with you know him on the red carpet. There's even a quote from the Huffington Post that says Judy Bloom is seen through a Stephen Sondheim lens with a dash of Lewis Carroll whimsy, which I totally see that. Absolutely. Although yeah. I think it's a little darker than Lewis Carroll. Well, and, I don't
1: know. and to be honest with you, and, and to speak to the cover a little bit, except for the one that you have, like the that, that cover specifically, it speaks more to that... Um, the like the the super fudge or ramona the pest type of yes. book right mm-hmm. but i think it's a little i think that cover is kind of a little misleading because it's definitely a little bit more mature in the in the language it, you know it's definitely using the f word the a word like it's got some language in it that um is a little bit more mature it, it's really more middle grades i think than kind of yeah elementary, it, it presents
0: I, itself as a middle grade book and you're reading it and you're like this is more ya if anything yes even yes. though he's 13 it's still it's so much more mature than like you know, but I do agree that maybe a 13 year old could read this and it'd be totally fine. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it's really written for that age. Like, usually middle yeah. grade, you might have a 13 year old as the character, but it's written for a younger audience. This would be more YA to me. But I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And this, this purple cover, which is so simple, I guess we kind of reflect that more in a way because it's very simple. It's not flashy, it's not cartoonish, you know, it doesn't look too youthful. It looks like there's more going on to it. It's I guess. more
1: age appropriate for sure. I, I think they probably rebranded those covers as, as those three books with that new cover set. So, yeah, I'm
0: thinking about going ahead and getting the whole set because I, I really do want to read the other two now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I'm, I'm probably going to get the audiobook and read along with that as well, because it just it really sped up my reading. I'm, I encourage people, by the way, if you're like me and have any kind of attention deficit, anything when trying to read and your mind wanders off. I encourage you to if you can find the audiobook, even mm-hmm. if you get it from the library, and then if you get the book as well, read along with the audiobook reading it to you. It helps you concentrate on it and you can get through books a lot faster. So there's a little Dustin tip for you.
1: Yeah, I love the audiobook for this as well. And sometimes if you buy the digital like Kindle version from Amazon of mm-hmm. the book, typically you can do like the the audiobook, like read-along audiobook yes. copy of it for like a much reduced price, like a much cheaper price. It's a little bit more affordable if you, if you want to buy it or not. But like a lot of times, if you go through um, the Libby app or or OverDrive or whatever, you can probably find these um, these books. Yes, uh, audio. I couldn't get it on the Libby
0: app as far as like just just text. You know, they mm-hmm. only had the audiobook available. And oh, that's oh, interesting. I bought. I went ahead and bought the audiobook on Kindle too because I like to have multiple ways to be able to read something sometimes. Yeah, and me I like you know to I love the a- fact that you can make notes you know, mm-hmm. or just highlight passages and that way I can like pull things for later on if I wanted to. And there was a lot that I noted because there were so many good lines in this and I can't mm-hmm. mention them all, but it's so, it's so matter of fact and so honest and you'll, you know, we'll get into Holy this. cats. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love that. We'll mm-hmm. get to that. Mm-hmm. But uh, let me go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and start the semi recap that I wrote up. It's not like a full recap, but sure. uh, you know, it's, it's decent length though. <laughs> So the book starts off in 13-year-old Nate Foster's backyard. He and his best friend Libby are scheming. These friends love all things Broadway, and Libby is helping Nate mastermind a plan so that Nate can escape their suburb of Lankberg, Pennsylvania, just out the metro Pittsburgh area, and audition for E.T. the musical in NYC. So Nate gets he gets plenty of black backstory about how miserable his life is for him there, Like, his older brother, Anthony, is just a jock jerk that calls him a homo all the time. His Mm -hmm. mother constantly nitpicks his behavior, and his dad is just barely around, really. Not only that, at school, he constantly gets picked on by a kid named James Madison and his, quote, bills of rights. Mm -hmm. Literally, two kids named Bill that are the bullies lackeys. They call him Nate Fagster instead of Foster, which is, ugh. But I love the part that Nate's like, you know, it's kind of mean, but I kind of appreciate the humor they had there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, he's so upbeat about it. Nate's not really, I mean, he's not really ready to even think about his sexuality at this point. And he instructs the audience, us, the readers, to lay off, basically, quote, my sexuality, by the way, is off limits and unrelated. I am undecided. I'm a freshman at the College of Sexuality, and I have undecided my major and frankly don't want to declare anything other than, hey, jerks, I'm 13. Leave me alone. Macaroni and cheese is still my favorite food. And how would I know who I want to hook up with? End quote.
1: Mm hmm.
0: And just he's just so I don't know sassy
1: (laughs) he's a trip he's a he's a a real trip trip. and that's where and that's where it ends too right they tiptoe around the edge of his sexuality a couple different times throughout the book but that it has nothing to do like it no no he makes he makes
0: some side comments here and there about things he notices and Mm -hmm. that's about it you know it's not really about himself it's just things he's noticing in the world around him and that's that's it which i like it's very observational so nate is just made to put up with all this bullying and the stress and just the everything because no one seems to notice or care they just see him as quote different and you know then he met libby and he got a glimmer of hope she introduced him to broadway musicals to be specific and they even you know use failed broadway debuts in place of curse words throughout the book so there's stuff like dance of the vampires or legs diamond or moose murders just to name a few and (laughs) even like you said cats even though it (laughs) wasn't totally cats (laughs) yeah even though it wasn't technically a failure all the way, you know. Still, he goes, "Come on!" <laughs> he's gonna give you a little <laughs> wink. And yeah. I kind of was surprised they didn't use like Spider-Man into the dark or something. <laughs> Which yeah, th- that would have been funny.
1: Well, this was like 2013, I think we said. So I don't know when. I don't know when. Sp- I don't think Spider-Man would have hit by then. So we're, he's a little bit ahead of his time. So.
0: Okay. Well, still, they could have. They could have added that in mm-hmm. anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> go back, do a revision, second edition. <laughs> Maybe we'll do it in
0: the movie. We'll see. Yeah. They do own, you know, the rights to Spider-Man. Well, kind of, it's Marvel, even Disney and Marvel, mm-hmm. but. Anyway, at one point, Nate goes on to how he thinks his parents should be divorced and not on this anniversary vacation that they're on now. Apparently, he read some of his mother's diary, and she had this like tear-stained page of how she thought the father had cheated at some point. All sorts of drama to unpack. And Nate kind of looks at this with a cynical view because he's been so burdened by the feeling of being an outcast in his town, and not to mention his whole family. You know, He's just so mm-hmm. cynical about everything in his family. So with his parents out of town and his brother not really paying attention, Nate hops into a cab to the bus station. Using his older brother Anthony's stolen ID, which he says he's lying about his height by the way. He recites <laughs> no, it's great. He recites a rehearsed speech to buy tickets he says something about his mother's in the bathroom with a stomach ailment and you know she just has it you want me to go to the bathroom you don't want me to go to the bathroom and he just does with his whole speech and they're just like just sell the ticket <laughs> sell the ticket kid leave me alone he ends up making the trip all the way to the port authority where nearby times square hosts the very same quote cadillac of applebee's that i was pulled into on my one and only 12 hour trip to new york over a decade ago I will get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still resentful of it. So after getting drenched in rain, he gets conned into buying new clothes that are obviously not him. Very over the top hip hop gear. It feels like a 1990s music video that he's been pulled into mm-hmm. um, with a sideways cap and everything. And It does not suit the suburban, quote, queer boy, basically. <laughs> He finally makes it to the E.T., the musical audition, and nearly gets his ass kicked out because he doesn't have a legal guardian with him when, lo and behold, his long-lost Aunt Heidi shows up. Or Aunt Heidi, however you want to say it. Sure. Do you <laughs> say Aunt or Aunt?
1: Um, it depends on my mood, I guess. Sometimes one way or sometimes <laughs> the other. you want to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. my, aunt, my Aunt My Aunt Heidi. Aunt Heidi.
0: Um, apparently, some bad stuff went down at home, and Libby got caught in Anthony's underwear drawer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was just thinking oh when you were a kid in a cute boy's room and the things you would snoop through <laughs> mm-hmm. she basically spills the beans to Anthony and he freaks out and looks up their aunt Heidi's address and phone number in New York and Heidi begrudgingly lets him you know after like trying to get Nate away he she begrudgingly lets him audition for these you know um, for E.T. they give him a callback, yeah. <laughs> call and once he goes and auditions he's headed home again because they don't really seem like they want him. They don't even call his number. So he's nope. like, he's all sad and everything. So she takes him to the port authority and it's just, you know, she gets him on the bus and then she walks off. And just as he, you know, it's pulling out, Nate gets, um, a message on his dying Nokia, noting that everyone in New York seems to have an iPhone except for him, which true. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that too. He's like, you have a Nokia? What? 2013.
1: What year is it's 2013.
0: <laughs> I'm like, come on now. <laughs> And, you know, he hears this broken up voicemail about his number being left out. Like they didn't call his number and it was on accident. So can they come in and audition? So, you know, stop the bus and he gets out and, you know, he goes and runs back to go audition. He's a naive charmer for that. Mm -hmm. Like he's very naive and he charms the hell out of these casting people, out of the assistant director and the choreographer and all the people there. Um, The assistant director seems to grow really fond of him. As he reads the scene, which he reads every single line of the audition scene. He reads Elliot. He reads mom. He reads Gert. He reads Michael, the brother. He reads everybody and acts them all out and like jumps over to this. I can just see him doing it. like jumps and, storms, over here, out,
1: and storms out of the room and shuts slamming the, door, the door, and locks, door and locks himself out of the, the audition room. <laughs> it's very dramatic and they eat it up it
0: seems i mean why wouldn't you i mean that would be entertaining as hell mm-hmm. and they bring him in they're like by the way there was a person here behind you she was supposed to read <laughs> Right. Like, oh, she's the reader <laughs> oh okay um i would be so embarrassed but at the same time like what can you do right mm-hmm. <laughs> they tell him how much they like him and that he should stick around town so that just in case they can get a hold of him so he's alone in the city it's getting cold it's dark um he ends up like borrowing quote borrowing an oversized coat from a donation bin at duane reed and he ends up munching on some reese's pieces before he ducks into a chevy's um i guess mexican restaurant i think so he, you know, they, they love the name brand. You know, yeah, it's <laughs> true.
1: <in> <laughs> I was like, oh, they, they're, they yeah. I was like, when, when they kept saying Chevy's, I'm like, okay, I guess we're going to Chevy's and Applebee's. <laughs> um, is it Chevy's? Is it Chevy's? I don't Chevy's, know. Chevy's doesn't I matter. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. get it. But um, so he tells the staff <laughs> that his mother's on the way. My mother's on the way. She's just down the street. She's checking out the prices of another place first. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. kid. I mean, that's such a lie. And so he's just eating these free tortilla chips in the basket. And while he's there, he gets a call from Libby, and his parents are now home, and they have the entire neighborhood out looking for him, freaking out. Like, where is she? She's like, she covered, and she's like, oh, we were basically playing a mega game of hide and seek, and mm-hmm. it just never turned up.
1: <laughs> yeah, extreme hide and seek. I'm like, oh my God.
0: <laughs> it's like they take over the whole neighborhood or whatever. But um, she confesses that she also blackmailed Anthony because while she was in his underwear drawer, she found beer. Mm-hmm. a whole case of beer and I'm like, uh Oh, busted. So she, you know, he, he's not going to say anything about how they snuck off and he's in New York. He's keeping his mouth shut, which is, you know, good thing. She gets him directions to the seafood restaurant where aunt, aunt Heidi works mm-hmm. as a waitress. It's called Aw shucks. Ah Shucks, <laughs> cute name. And he takes the long walk to get there, noticing all the colorful city people on each block as he passes. Like they had like mohawks in this street and they have different colored hair on this street. And he's just, oh, he's so taken aback, especially when he sees a gay club. He passes by a gay club and he's just he can't believe how things are so much less restrictive there. And he's envying the way that he notices these two boyfriends embracing each other in public. And he's just like, what? They're not getting picked on. No one's going to come up and yell faggot and try to hit them. He's just amazed. And I'm, I'm like, yep, that's mm-hmm. kind of go back to when you're a kid and you're like, oh, the first time you encounter these things and like freedom, it's freedom. How I, I right. never knew what freedom was, you know, <laughs> it's awesome. And it's really well depicted in this. So once he's at all shucks, he meets Aunt Heidi's friend and roommate Freckles. For some reason, Nate hates his real name and refuses to give it to us. So he just kind of names him Freckles.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I, I wish we knew his new name. <clears throat>
1: I was trying to remember his name before we started today. And thank you for saying freckles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like exactly. now when I talk about him, I can remember freckles, 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 freckles.
0: He kind of sounds dreamy
1: a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know what I mean? Like, well, he's I totally, t- oh, I totally had a crush on freckles. <laughs> yeah, he was great. <laughs> to this book.
0: He's sweet and fit and he's a good friend, Heidi. You know, he's just a good person, it seems. And really, su- you know, just really easy to talk to. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Kind.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um. He's like really supportive of his friends, you know, and I, I really like him. So I really kind of wish they would have focused on him a little bit more. Maybe they're will in the other books. We'll see. So Aunt Heidi calls Nate's mom. And when Nate comes back from the bathroom, she informs him that the casting office called while he was in there. And they don't want to see him again for the part of Elliot because he's quote too old, which I'm with him. It doesn't make sense. Since the other kid, Jordan Rylance seemed to get a call back and he seemed to be older and
1: taller yeah i couldn't gauge if jordan just looked if maybe you know maybe he just looks younger um who knows i couldn't i couldn't gauge like he doesn't or go to their school polite. he goes to the other school right like
0: yeah, yeah. he goes to the, the nice school the performing arts school that's private i guess you know mm-hmm. and um because his he's mom just was, jordan rylance his mom was a snob and everything mm-hmm. you know that nate said that like, he took the bus and like took the bus that kind of look you're like yeah he's a kid he doesn't what the hell do you not remember mm-hmm. being a kid and you always have money some people apparently always had money and mm-hmm. just makes me apparently mad. makes me mad Urgh. anyway so yeah that's you know he's crushed and all all this work and no payoff and so they take him back to their apartment and he notices aunt Heidi's old headshots and cast promo pictures and wonder why she gave up acting she notes that it was just a life of nose and she didn't have the thick skin that apparently she needed and she, it's kind of like a hint to Nate. Like, this is going to be what it's like, kid. You know, it's if a you tough want to life. be on Broadway. It is a tough <clears throat> life. You know, she also has a crappy self-absorbed boyfriend, you know, and, you know, not mention being a bit strange from her family. I feel bad for Aunt Heidi. You know, mm-hmm. I really like her. She seems really sweet, but she's got she's got some issues going on.
1: Yeah, but, she went, you know, she went there to 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 live her her dream or whatever. And it just everything just seems to keep trampling on it and not and not being right and it doesn't happen and this and that so
0: and she's stuck in this dead-end waitressing gig at this seafood place where they at shucks. least they have a drink named the hide and i was gonna
1: say they name they name a drink after her
0: <laughs> and he's like he spots it right away like <clears throat> oh she gives the spiel to everybody like oh they have a dream named after me and it's made from this you like yeah you've rehearsed this stuff, <laughs> you like he spots it from a mile away it's great mm-hmm. That's a little thing. I like how he notices things, too. He notices a lot of stuff. He doesn't buy into the BS for the most part. He's very observant. Exactly. So he goes and gets cleaned up and takes a bath and whatnot and goes to bed, but is awakened suddenly at 4 a.m. by Heidi. And he's getting ordered to get dressed and pack up. And suddenly his mother shows up and she is drunk as a skunk and she's yelling and she's yanking Nate around like, go, we're getting out of here. And Heidi steps up. You're not taking him anywhere. She can tell you're mm-hmm. drunk and they kind of get into this argument and Freckles pulls him aside. Like, Let's go get some breakfast, you know, and I'm like, finally, he has somebody to advocate for him. You know, Freckles.
1: that's why I like him a lot.
0: Freckles and Heidi, they both like, mm-hmm. she's like, no, we're not doing this. He's here. You know, we know he got into trouble. He knows what he's done was wrong, but, you know, mm-hmm. so she's going to make him her sober it up, sleep it off, sober up. And so they go downstairs, Freckles takes him downstairs and they have this whole conversation about why he isn't with Heidi and he's like, "Well, cuz I date men." And he's like, "Oh. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's cool. Whatever." <laughs> I'm like, yep. I don't know why, but I'm like, "Did you not spot this already
1: Nate that he was gay?" <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's all about ET. He's laser focused on yeah, laser thing. focused on that damn ET. E. Yeah, he's kind of he's a little bit. He's a little bit selfish, right? I mean, like he, he really is. It's all, it's all really about him. It is. And you
0: know what, though? Everything is. And, and you kind of see why, because nothing ever really is at the same time. Yeah. Like he has to do it so much more for himself because no one notices him back home. And if yeah. they do notice him, it's always negative. You know, so he has to think positive and think about me, 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 me as much as possible. Then when you do that, you end up missing all the little things that you think you're noticing. And he does notice a lot, but he doesn't notice a lot of the little things. But we'll get into that. I guess. Um, <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so we we learned that it's now Halloween. I didn't realize it was Halloween. He just kept talking about it. They're like, I want to be her for Halloween. I want to be her for Halloween, (laughs) which I thought was funny. He's always having these little opinions about all these. He goes, I don't want to just be a woman for Halloween. It's just I happen to see all these women, and I think they're awesome. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: he notices some woman walk by in a cat suit. I'm like, this is really freaking early. It's like, what, 5 a.m.? Some woman's walking by in a cat suit. (laughs) It's Halloween. And I'm like, I guess that's New York for you. It just starts early. Uh, he, you know, after Heidi and mom have this heart to heart, Nate gets a surprise audition. He gets another callback all of a sudden, but this time they want him to read for the part of ET, the actual alien part, which I don't know how you can read for that. It doesn't say much, but mm-hmm. unless they changed it again. He seems to charm them all, um, in the audition. They seem to like him still. And while he's waiting out in the, um, the waiting room, uh, he gets another phone call from Libby. She tells them all about the bully, James Madison, how he gets in trouble for setting off fireworks in school. And then they when the security like guards check his locker and his, quote, bills of rights lockers, mm-hmm. they find a playgirl in little Bill's locker. My like, oh. And so Nate's like, oh, OK, well, maybe Bill will be my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he might. He might want to do that. And uh, what's the thing, the thing with Libby is she was like, I'm going to go as him for Halloween as gay Bill. Like, and he's like, no, don't do that. Don't. That's not cool. You know, to make fun of some sexuality. And she's like, well, I'm know I'm OK with gay people. I'm really and she gets really defensive. I just want to let you know, I'm really OK with gay people. And I'm like, I think she now she realizes that this kid's going to come out to me at some point. Mm-hmm, and I need mm-hmm. to tell him I'm OK with gay. People. She knows what's up. <laughs> she knows, <laughs> but she's not saying it. But she knows like he's going to come out to me at some point. He plays coy, but it's kind of like, yeah, we know. We know he's coming mm-hmm. out soon. So the casting crew tells him that they will call him if they need anything further. And it's another kind of a letdown. I'm like, really? That's it? And so he's thinking they don't want me. And Heidi's like, that could mean anything. You didn't get a straight up no, you know? So just hold Cut on. It out. <laughs> Cut Chill <it> out. out. <laughs> Chill out. Chill know, your role, out. Sole your roll. So on the way home, Heidi offers up a lot of information about her being a failed actress and the estrangement from his mother. When she was a kid, she ratted out her sister, his mother, for hiding booze in her closet. And then she, his mother was promptly grounded after that. And not long after that, their parents went on a missionary trip to Africa where they got into a Jeep accident and died. So basically his mom was still grounded and unable to see her boyfriend, which ended up being his dad, and when his when her parents died and i guess it kind of i don't know i kind of feel like it's kind of symbolic in a way like she's still grounded like she's still stuck yeah in this place that she doesn't want to be in yeah i see that you know it's kind of symbolic like they would never let her off the hook and now she's still not off the hook and so she kind of resents you know aunt heidi for all that
1: yep and there's a quote got out aunt Aunt heidi's someplace else she's even though it's not that great for Anne Heidi either. Exactly. She got out, but it, it, she still tried. and She's still kind
0: of stuck too, it seems because of all this. She can't let stuff in the past go. And there's a good quote that I like. And it's still a little snarky on Nate's behalf. But, it, you know, I, I think it's really cool. He says, you know, somebody has really cried a lot of tears over something when they don't cry at a point a normal person would. This story, grandparents killed in a Jeep crash and sisters not speaking to each other. She should be bawling. Her eyes are bone dry. That's there before you, I guess. Thanks, Aunt Heidi, Shrink. <laughs> like, yeah, she's a totally. She's told this story a million times, apparently, to other people, and she's just like, "All right, let me just recite it." It gets to a point when you get something painful. If you've said it enough, it just doesn't mm-hmm. hurt to talk about it you're anymore. You're numb to the pain. Then, apparently, at some point, his dad had an accident that changed him. But they don't really dive into that and all, which I wondered more if we're going to get into that later on in other books. So Nate is now really understanding about everything and is looking at his family in a new light, all the struggles that they've been through, and he feels a lot more empathy for his mom and dad, which is good. You know, um, he feels closer to his dad at one point because his dad chews him out for like running <laughs> off like that. And he goes, but that was pretty brave to you. So he's like, oh,
1: is that a compliment for my dad? What the hell? Right. Backhanded compliments <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: like, OK, I'll take it, whatever. He reunites with his mother and she tells him that she was just worried about him. And they kind of have this, you know, little moment between them, and everything's going better. And they sort of make up when the phone suddenly starts to ring. Ring, 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 ring throughout. And it's a tense moment as he just he kind of it's almost like in slow motion, like a thump thump, 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 thump Here's the call. And he answers the phone. The book is over. <laughs> what the right? Come on now. Right? <laughs> the book is freaking over.
1: So we don't know exactly if he got the part. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe he got the part. That would be cool. I'm if he did. thinking he probably got the part. I think they gave us enough throughout the book where they talked about that, how he kept saying time and time again, well, I'm really great at walking on my knees and doing a dance on my knees because I was in Fiddler on the Roof and. Like they kept setting that up and you knew he was going to get that call back for E.T. Because, at least I did because of that whole, we want to see you do this dance on your knees. Yeah. Um, so um, I had a feeling I I like they're going to cast him as E.T. They're going to be E.T. It's going to be him and Jordan Rylance in the second book. I wonder if they're going to have a little romance. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm kind of, I'm kind of seeing that happening. I kind of want to go into that at some point. He's going to he's going to learn about Jordan Rylance, and he's not all that bad. And Jordan Rylance is also in a in a in a prison of his mother's making. Blah oh. blah blah. I'm sure it's all. There. And they have a good bonding moment. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Anyway, not. Let's get back to this book. <laughs> all right. So yeah, that
0: was it. Um, I want to talk about the initial reaction to it, but I also want to talk about this Applebee's story. Okay. Okay. So when I went to New York, I was up I was up in Pennsylvania for a family reunion, and we decided we're going to take the bus over and just go to New York for the day. And I was like, for the day? I really wanted to go for at least overnight. But we're there for the day, and it was me, my mother, and my aunt, and my uncle. And we get there, and my aunt is so all over the place. She'll, I need to eat. I need to eat something now. I need to eat. I was like, okay, well... <laughs> Uh, of course, she's just being all over the place. And I'm like, okay, well, can, I, will, I was like, we're going to eat something, let's go over here to this, uh, find a cool pizza place or something local, you know? And she's like, let's mm-hmm. go to this Applebee's. I'm like, can we not go to Applebee's? <laughs> you went all the way to New York to go to Applebee's. <laughs> the first place we go, we get off the bus and so I got to eat. We go straight to Applebee's. I'm like, why? I was so pissed. So I pissed. I mean, we went to different places. We went to Macy's, the original Macy's. We went to, you know, Empire State Building, you know, Times Square, all that <clears> stuff. We saw where at the time it was ground zero now mm-hmm. you know where the twin towers were. Um, and I was, I was so disappointed and we were in and out of there so fast. We were only there for 12 hours and I never got to go back and I'm going to go back at some point. So for you, um you probably you're like oh yeah this makes sense and this sounds familiar and whatnot for me i'm like uh but i did see a lot of this through my eyes like what he was seeing the first time is what i remember feeling walking around there i was like yep that's true yep i know that place yep this guy he described it very well as far as somebody who maybe having just gone there for that short amount of time that's something i really remembered it made an impression so the fact that he described applebee's the first thing and i was like oh my god it's like going back it's like you're reliving your past <laughs> and there's this great part where he's talking to
1: heidi about i want to go to applebee's and she's like no we're not going to applebee's and well you're I'm coming re- from Jankburg, pennsylvania it's like all he knows applebee's to him is probably that is fine but at dining. least the way he describes the way he describes is i can't tell, i couldn't tell if there's a real place of jankberg or not i think there is not i, I don't think say. so i tried to look it up and i was like i don't yeah. see this place um, but it's clearly being he's clearly setting us up to understand that they're yeah he's probably like the mcdonald's is probably the most extravagant thing that the town has so
0: yeah i mean i know the feeling because our town you know little towns when you're living a suburb suburb we live in a suburb um it's just like when we were so excited at the time when we got a chick-fil-a it was such a big deal back in the late 90s you know of course this was before all the scandals chick-fil-a really but it was a big deal and everybody's like oh, that place was packed and it still is packed of course but at that time it was the place to be so when yeah. we got like a new fast food place everybody was just there it was always like that yeah it's really exciting but anyway so aunt heidi she says she has this whole thing she says to him she goes okay heidi says now looking back out the window again clicking the free bank but open and shut click 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 if you're in new york you are never ever allowed to go to an applebee's like it's totally <laughs> off limits why it's one of the great restaurants of our time i thought because <laughs> because just the only reason to be to even be here she says the only reason to deal with all the hassle come on man get us down there and can you get this there any slower she's talking to a, a cab driver i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> she goes it's just to exploit the good stuff and the good stuff is the local restaurants and the culture and junk I'm like the mm-hmm. truth, that's exactly what I said. I was like, can we mm-hmm. please go like I don't care if it's a fucking hot dog vendor. I just don't want to go to Applebee's, and that's where we went. The Cadillac of Applebee's,
1: uh, nicest Applebee's on earth.
0: <clears> oh, <throat> so, I don't know. I didn't go to the Chevys, so <laughs> I think I've only been to one actually my whole life, but yeah, I, mm-mm. so other than that, did you think everything was pretty well described?
1: Yeah, he does a really good job of of setting the the stage of the, you know, I, I say it's like the Harry Potter moments where like, you know, magic happens in front of Harry Potter and his eyes get big and he's like, Whoa. oh my gosh, right? Like the, <laughs> he does a really good job of like him discovering everything in New York. There's the moment with the Flatiron building where he's like. Describing this building, and it's this famous building in New York, and they're like, "Yeah, you're at the Flatiron Building." And like, you mean like he, the has, thing no for- I- <laughs> <laughs> he has no hair? He has he has like no idea and. Um, you know, and a really where good a Garden job. as well, he's like, yes, That's huge. of <laughs> like, him discovering like something outside the confines of, of where he lives, you know, it, they do a really good, he does a really nice job of that. I think. And
0: there's also those little moments with the adults that see, see it through his <clears> eyes. And like, I remember when I first saw it that way, you know, and, and he mm-hmm. kind of, it, it's kind of sad because you don't, after a while you just get used to it. So you kind of become cynical and it's like, whatever, but then you look back, you're like, remember when that felt huge that was so cool when you first saw this place, you know? And, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I, I miss that wonder.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I miss it.
0: Oh, it makes me sad. But <laughs> I really love this book. I really, I think it was great. I great. It was a great coming of age story. It was a great just representation of somebody who, even if they don't know their sexuality, even if you know what it is, most likely, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, everybody's had every, especially every queer person, has that niece or nephew or friend's kid or something that they see. And they're like, Oh, they're going to go through something <laughs> pretty soon well, in their life. You can yeah. tell, you can see it. You know what I mean? You don't say anything cause you mm-hmm. don't have that right. But at the same time you see it and you go, you know what? Yeah. That kid's, that kid's going to have some stuff to go through <laughs> in their life. He, and figure yeah. It
1: out. And he, he doesn't even think about it. Like that's, it's mm-hmm. not even a priority to him to even figure it out. Cause he doesn't care enough. The thing he's focused so much on is Broadway his dream all of those things like he has no time to even think about anything other than that like it's it's like I'll get to that the, your point like in your in your summary right I'll get to that later it's not a big deal like we'll figure that out later deal with it
0: right? I'm going to audition for a damn musical that's what I'm f- focused on exactly you know? that's
1: what I'm doing <laughs> that's but what at the Libby same time like, as on. the
0: reader that as the reader you're you're focusing on that like oh, okay this is who he is and you know mm-hmm. that's who he is and we it's know. not just because he's gay <laughs> yeah exactly he's gay. <laughs> we know we know mm-hmm. we, we nudge nudge but you know it's <clears throat> you focus
1: on that and you're like that is irony. part of
0: it you know it's part of who he is and whether he's acknowledging <clears throat> it or not and we all see it because he's looking at people on the streets he's noticing these like interactions between some gay people he even makes like reference i wonder if he's gay he he does have those little moments in there so it's not like it's not far from his mind he just doesn't want to focus on it right now yeah which i'm wondering if those next couple books are gonna be the ones that are like he starts to come out to well, himself he's, got,
1: he's 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 caught he's caught the the dog has caught the car right so it's yeah. like what what now like what comes next for him and he's gonna to have to face other things like now that he's like well now you've got this so now so now what nate right so. exactly exactly
0: So thinking about that, I want to kind of talk about like the first queer or gay books or movies that we saw or read or whatever. Like what was one of the first
1: books that you've read? Do you remember? I was thinking about this before we started and and when you when you sent me the wonderful prep work um, for today (laughs) Um, and I really I can't remember like the first like where that from a literature perspective, from a book perspective, I can't remember where I first, what, what I, what the first book would have been. One of the books that I've read that is like one of my absolute favorite books. And I, it's probably, probably about 10 years ago at this point that I read it is called um, I'll give you the sum, excuse me, I'll give you the sun by Jandy Nelson. It is an incredible book. It's, it's told by two in two perspectives of a twin brother and sister or, I'm sorry, she might be a little bit older. They might not be twins now that I'm thinking about this. Um, it's told in two different time periods. His is told in one period, and hers is told a few years later, or vice versa, right? And mm-hmm. it's, it's these two, one of them is, is gay, the, the boy is gay. Um, and it's these two stories of him being kind of introverted and not knowing who he really is, and her being very confident and... Um, very popular. And those roles kind of switching over the time span. Um, As she gets older, she becomes more unsure of herself and where she's going. And and he becomes more and more assured in himself. And it's very interesting to see them told in two different time periods, because they're in two different, they're, they're in very different places in each time period. So it's, it's very cool. It's very, all of the things that the um, boy experiences in his first crush, how he feels how he You know, how his emotions when 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 he's with a boy, things like that, like all of those things I felt when I was Mm -hmm. um, younger and I was in high school and it it felt like things were speaking to me more so than I had had ever read before. So it that's like the first book that really meant something to me that really spoke to an experience that I had. And really hit pretty well. Um, so it's I'll Give You the Sun by Jandy Nelson. I highly recommend it if you haven't read it um, to you or to any of our any of your listeners. So, OK,
0: I will write that down for sure. <clears throat> I'll give you the sun. OK, well, uh, one of the ones that I read was actually I read this back in 1999 when I was a senior year in high school. And it was The Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Chbosky. Mm-hmm um i don't know if you've ever read that have you ever read that i have not no you've seen the movie though right i've seen
1: i've seen good a good amount of the movie i've never watched the movie start to finish
0: oh okay well he's (laughs) not he doesn't turn out to be gay or queer in any way really he's just he's got something going on he's got something mentally going on right but he and he encounters a lot of (laughs) he ends up having a lot of gay friends and they go to like the rocky horror picture show playouts and everything and It's about, it's kind of a depiction of high school life and how you're, it's a coming of age story, but how he has to deal with some stuff and how he learns how to step out of his shell kind of in a way, Mm -hmm. hence the wallflower aspect of it. Um, It takes place in like 1990, 91, something like that. And the whole book is a series of letters to an anonymous person. And he just says, dear friend. And he says, I'm not even going to tell you my name, the people listed in this, I'm not going to give you their real names. And my name is quote, Charlie. And so, you know, in the movie, you don't see that part. You don't, you just think his name is Charlie in the, you read in the book. You're like, Oh, so it's not, his name might not be Charlie. You don't know. Mm-hmm. So it goes on and you see like through his freshman year of high school, how it starts off and he's really naive and really reserved and stuff. And he meets these people and he meets Sam. And um, I forgot the other guy's name now is Ezra Miller's character. And mm-hmm. uh, he meets them and they're seniors and they kind of take him under their wing. They, they like him. He's just a sweet kid. And it just opens up his world and everything. And there's uh, so many moments and it spoke to me as a person and as a gay kid because of that, because it wasn't Mm -hmm. the focus of the gay kid, but I could see through his interactions and through their stories, what they they exchange in conversations, you know, how things were. So I I count that as a queer book in a way because there's so there's, there's such prominent characters in it, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, he focuses so much on his friends. Um, It's really good. You should definitely read it. It's not very long. It's really, it's like a hundred and, 80 something pages probably it's not very long at all mm-hmm. and it moves pretty fast since it is a series of letters some of them are short some of them are long but uh the movie is really good too and it was written by written and directed by the actual author of the book so you know um it, it's pretty close it's pretty close yeah. to the book but of course you get a different feeling from a book anyway you always do you're just yeah. so much more in depth and so much more you know that it grabs you um Another one, the one I kind of read after that, not directly after that, but no, I started reading the Tales of the City books by Armistead Maupin. Mm.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, that that's that that would be something that I remember from, you know, my high school and college years is is I watched the the series a lot, um, mm-hmm. the Showtime series series. Um, and so I, I read those a lot um, as well. So sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, that's
0: fine. No, I saw them on Showtime. Like it came mm-hmm. on the original. They had they actually got it from PBS and they were showing it on Showtime. Yep. And I was watching. I was like, I want to read these. I didn't realize they were books. And then I thought out they were books. I, like, I want to read these books. And I mean, the, especially the first book is pretty much dead on the first miniseries. So it's like really crazy how
1: dead on it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> but they start straying
0: a little bit toward the end of the second one. And then they really kind of change stuff in the third one. And I haven't even watched this Netflix one. I've heard it wasn't that great. I loved it. Oh, I um, loved it. I thought it was great. Well, it, I think it's because of the, it takes, it's supposed, it's combining a lot of the stuff from the last three books that came out
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the characters I saw is not how they're described in the book at all. They changed that okay. character so much. And I went, why, why would you do that? Why would you, I like the characters <laughs> they were. I <clears> don't, <throat> I'll, I'll, I'll watch it eventually. I still haven't finished mm-hmm. all the last book, but, um, I kind of, it kind of was moving slow and I kind of stepped out away from it. But, uh, yeah, I really like the series a lot. I really do. And, <laughs> and I love that soap opera appeal. You know, one hundred percent. I love it, and how the chapters were like at least at first, since it was written originally as a like a column in the San Francisco Chronicle. It was a serial column, yeah, yeah. And it, so each chapter is like two <laughs> pages long, at least in the first two books. Yeah. And so I, it, I moved through it so fast. I like short chapters. Get to the point. Let's get you know. Me too. Let's get the story <laughs> going. That's how I am. I think that's probably why I've started picking up on comic books now because it's so mm-hmm. much faster to read. You know, it's just. I can absorb the pictures and stuff a lot faster than I can reading the description of a picture.
1: <laughs> that makes sense. We got plenty of recommendations for you. So. Okay. Um,
0: also, I wanted to talk about any any movies. Like, one of the what was the first movie you remember watching with like maybe a gay man character, at least like, a, <sighs> or maybe it was gay so, focused.
1: Yeah, that's whatever. That's a re- I I uh, probably you know again it. it a lot of television. I I don't know of a lot of movies that I would have seen. Um, There was um, queer as folk um, back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to, when I, one of the first times I went to New York, um, I saw this movie called Nico and Donnie, which was, I believe a Spanish film, which was like a coming of age. It's that typical coming of age, like foreign film where, two boys are friends. One develops feelings for the other. They kind of have some sort of romantic feeling or romantic interaction. Um, but then the one kind of, it's kind of like call me by your name a little bit. And but One, the one pulls kind away of, or
0: one, one leaves. pulls away
1: and moves on. It's that, that, that tale is old as time, oh my <laughs> you know? Um, so that's probably the first time that I remember seeing like a real feature film that focused on gay themes in that way. Um, you know, aside from, you know, I've seen, I saw plenty of comedies in the 80s and 90s that featured, you know, characters they never said were gay or, but were certainly coded as gay and, and acted You're that like, way. Hmm, right. are you sure? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, but the yeah. first time where it was, the intention was and the theme was geared towards LGBTQ and all the letters you'd like to include. Um, so,
0: yeah. Well, I, my <clears> first one I ever saw was sometime in high school, um, I saw it in a, in a video store and I was like, I'm just going to rent this. And I knew nothing about it. It was called beautiful thing. Have you ever seen that movie? Mm-mm, no, I haven't. Oh my God. I love it. It was based on a play. And it's got a similar thing. Like <clears> there's, <throat> there's two boys, they're neighbors. They used to be kind of friends. One of them gets picked on for being gay all the time. And mm-hmm. he has a single mom who's kind of seen around, uh, around the area as kind of a floozy or whatever. Um, and I, I, this is where I learned how to listen to British people talk because okay. it was very British, and I was like, I don't understand what they're saying. I, to, I had to put, I had to watch it on closed captioning. <laughs> it was really sad. Okay. I picked up on it. I can hear, I can, I can understand those accents now. Um, but it was, it's really good. There's a the soundtrack is the Mamas and the Papas. Oh, nice. The entire soundtrack because the neighbor girl who like deals drugs and she's constantly like listening to Mamas and Papas or or singing them or something. She wants to be Mama Cass kind of thing, mm-hmm. and you would really like it i think it's it's got okay. that same kind of thing where they kind of get together then the one boy whose dad is abusive and his brother's a bully he pulls away and it's like i'm not faggot that kind of thing and it's whether or not they're going to stick it through you know and um it's they kind of live in like a slummy type of neighborhood you know or kind of apartments really you know almost section eight like in a way i guess you would say mm-hmm. um, in <clears> my <throat> opinion i mean it probably might have been nice but whatever i just felt it felt that way it felt like they were in the outs kind of thing um because she's a struggling single mom you know that kind of Mm -hmm. situation he's trying to That always seems to be the trope as well yeah there's always (laughs) a struggling single mom who's really trying to make it work you know yeah i i can't but and it's so funny how you watch that and then later on you start seeing more and more movies have that same trope in there and you're like oh of course of course well i know this you know
1: you yeah you asked that question you know so to me, I grew, you know, not to age myself, but my most formative and teenage years were through the nineties. You know, those were my high school years. And um, the movies then just, it was there, it was still such a closeted time. And the movies then were very, I don't know if depressing is the right word, but they weren't, they weren't the love Simons. They They weren't. weren't (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was not, it was really telling, it was telling good stories about people about the but, struggle. But the, it was about the struggle. It was a, you know, and, and so there was really not a lot of just, let's see a love affair. Let's see some fun, you know, young love and and you know, people being happy. And, th- and that just wasn't what was happening. I think back to this movie called the edge of 17. Oh, um, yeah. I've, I've you know what, I've never <clears throat> seen it. But I've, I keep missing it. Like I just never watch it. I
0: just never do. But I don't know yeah. if I would appreciate it now because it's <clears throat> been so long.
1: Yeah. And it was just very, dim and and just not it was very depressing in the end um so i just yeah so that was that was why like i i i gravitate more towards books and movies now that have those themes because there's just a lot more celebration and fun in them yeah um so even
0: when it is coming of age and there is still the kind of woe was me, why do I feel yeah. so alone stuff, it's it's still you're still left with more hope nowadays than you were then, I think.
1: Yes. I mean those those tropes of, you know, boy finds boy and boy pulls away to, you know, be straight in the end, right? Um mm-hmm. you know, at least in the end you there is some glimmer of hope that things are looking up for for the the one and there's, you know, they are still friends or they are, you know, their family is accepting of them and all, of, you know, all of that different stuff. So well, for the
0: longest time, we always got either the sidekick character or the, the, the person dying character or mm-hmm. it was just always, you know, nobody was the focus. And when you became the focus, you were still supposed to be somewhat that character, like you were still the sidekick or you were still the one suffering yeah. through stuff. And you're like, no, can we not just make it happy? you know Mm -hmm. and it's like when i watch i'm thinking right now of uh billy's hollywood screen kiss did you ever see that with sean hayes absolutely Mm -hmm. well before he became jack on will and grace before he was was even
1: out
0: yeah which was what yeah like really (laughs) exactly (laughs) really um (laughs) but you watch that and you're like oh you really want him to get together with this guy and then the guy turns out to be gay and then
1: Mm -hmm.
0: he goes for somebody else
1: like you fucking asshole Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like man I think it, to back up even a little bit again, like Trick, did you ever, have you ever oh, seen yeah, Trick? Trick? yeah, that Yeah, I, that's probably the first movie where like the first gay themed movie, where I'm like, oh, this is actually fun. This is a fun movie. Yeah. Right? So. It was somewhat mainstream. It wasn't really mainstream, mm-hmm. but it was kind of, you know. Tori Spelling was in it. So yeah, it was
0: mainstream enough, I guess. And Christian Campbell, you know. Yeah. Campbell's brother. brother. <laughs> and yeah, it was still fun. And that's where I first saw Miss Coco Peru. Absolutely. And I think a yep. lot of us did, you know, if you weren't mm-hmm. living in that circuit area. Um, and Gave you, you a worked. slice of New York. Exactly. Everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I remember I went and saw that. I, brought, I saw that in um, St. Louis because I was going to school there. And I went back to that movie at least four times. In the yeah, I would have theater. too if
1: I'd seen it in the theater, I think. I, I didn't get to see it till video. So I can't tell
0: you how many times I saw the, the trailer for Caligula being re-released <laughs> in that
1: place. I was like, oh. <sighs> but I digress. Yes. Anyway.
0: But yeah, so those are our first uh, movies and books. That's, yeah. So I want to talk about the upcoming Disney Plus movie. Oh yes, and let's! I don't know <laughs> if you've looked at anything on IMDb.
1: I sure have. I know <laughs> I was
0: really excited because at first I didn't know who Lisa Kudrow was playing, but then I found out she was playing Aunt Heidi, and I was of like, "Of course perfect. she's going to play perfect. Heidi.
1: She's perfect for Heidi." Well, the thing was,
0: I was reading the book, and when he goes into their apartment, he goes, oh, "I love their apartment. It's so kitschy and stuff." And and the mm-hmm. Friends reruns, and I went,
1: "Ah, <laughs> she's
0: going yeah, to that, be. That's, that's perfect, Ryan.
1: Yep."
0: Um. And I'm actually kind of excited to see, I mean, I don't want to see him like this, but I'm really excited to see Joshua Bassett as Anthony, the older brother, the homophobe, basically. Yes. I'm interested to see how mean he's going to be.
1: Well, I'm going to really go there with that character like they did in the book. Well, I'm interested to see is that everything that happens with the majority of what happens with Anthony is... um, told by libby to nate right mm-hmm. so it's see it's quote unquote off panel or off off page right right um off screen um so to cast joshua bassett in that role you have to think well they're probably going to give him more to do or we're going to see more of those things play out as opposed to just libby telling the story right. so i'd love to see him see her you know although it's you know a terrible theme for the book i'd love to see her blackmail him into flexing for her (laughs) (laughs) i think that'd
0: be great or see like is you know yeah there there might even be more to it but i think it would be funny it really would be funny um i would like to i just i really want to know if they're going to go there with the whole you know homo stuff the fag stuff Mm -hmm. i want to know if they're going to do that because i mean it is disney yeah but i mean you look at it you see marvel stuff on there that's a little more mature you know Mm -hmm. stuff that they say in those and and I'm thinking maybe they might, as long as they put some kind of disclaimer beforehand, like, hey, you know, this is yeah. a mature subject for some people. So
1: if and you want to. I've seen them mention musical comedy as well. So I'm wondering if there's music to it. I, I don't know if there's much truth to that. I read one article. Well, I mean, it is, it is an audition for a musical,
0: comedy. so some people must be singing some musical numbers. <clears throat> I would hope so. I would hope um, so. And there might, you know, and he does sing I mean, and throughout it's, the. And it, yeah, go ahead. They might even take like. You know, bits from the musicals that he mentions that he sings along mm. to, you know, throw in some guys and dolls, throw in some, you know, Wizard of Oz and cats it and It is whatnot. Tim
1: Federley, the creator of High School Musical, the musical, the series. We have so, to yeah, have they music. might make it a
0: lot more musical. And plus they mm. had the whole Disney canon they can work with. They mentioned Disney a lot in the book anyway, like going to Disney World and singing some of the. Um you, like that one girl's like, Yeah, I was auditioned audition to be in Lion King, but they cut me because I'm not black. <laughs>
1: like, okay. I have, <laughs> to, I have to think that this was Tim Fetterly's dream, right? Like to work for Disney, to do all the all these great things for Disney. Um I oh, mean of course, know, why not? I mean This hey. book is this book is very much write what you know. You can tell that Tim Fetterly is pulling on some experiences for at least that's how i perceive it i don't know much about tim federley i haven't read his biography right but i have to think that a lot of nate's reactions nate's feelings nate's emotions are are tim feeling himself so
0: i'm really interested i'm really interested in seeing um who this ruby wood kid is who's Me playing too. nate I, I you know in my mind before looking at this kid i was like you know how i kind of the attitude i saw was that character from the school of rock the one who became the costume designer Mm-hmm. as being a Nate type in okay. a way. I kind of saw that character just really kind of, you know, sassy and like okay, well, you know, <laughs> you know, kind of cutting you down with a little little comments here and there without even realizing it um being irreverent but uh mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see how this kid plays plays him. This um, kid
1: has no IMDb history. He's done apparently it looks like he's done nothing. Well, maybe.
0: I mean, he's probably done some bit parts in Broadway, I'm sure. He must have. I mean, come on. Um yeah, I bet I'm he's sure. a
1: Broadway kid. He's probably uh, he's played Gavroche a couple times in Les Mis, so <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. sure.
0: <laughs> and then there's a little girl named Arya Brooks playing Libby, um, not really de- described as she is in the book, because Libby you know, she looks really thin. Libby seems to be a little bit on the heftier side. It seems at least is that's it, what I got from it. But
1: isn't Nate a little husky as well?
0: Yes, because so. Ruby Wood definitely is not. <laughs> So neither one. I'm like, okay, well, you know, whatever. There, you know, it's been a little while since he read the book, so maybe he envisions the characters differently now. We'll see. And mm-hmm. also, casting agents and people, you know, convince you to take certain people, and maybe this kid fit the part more than looks the part, type of thing, you know. Hmm. Um. There's also some stuff listed as like bar mitzvah guests. I know. I know. I see And that. Heidi's competition.
1: And I'm like, who <laughs> yep. that? What? And some Karen. guy named Butts or Butts. <laughs> yeah, Norman Norbert Leo Butts. I don't know who he's playing. I don't know if he's playing Freckles. I don't know either. I'm like, who? But I'm like, he's, he's not attractive
0: enough to be Freckles. It, <laughs> no offense to him. It's true. It's true. It's Freckles is supposed to be a little bit higher than that, but in my <laughs> no opinion. No
1: to Norbert Leo Butts. If you're listening to this, we're sorry.
0: <laughs> please don't take offense. You're probably a great person. I just I don't know if you fit that description. Sorry. Um, and then you have Finn egan liang as jimmy madison not james madison but jimmy now and no bills are listed so i don't know if they got rid of the bills of rights but
1: yeah all of this all of this reads very um like initial cast information like i don't feel like this has really been um like fleshed out really i think this is all based on probably like speculations and bits and pieces that whoever is updating this
0: does it say it's in post-production
1: now? Is it already?
0: I don't know. I would think it would be. If it's getting ready to release sometime this year, you would think it'd probably be in post-production
1: soon, at least. It says 2022. Yeah. It's a great question. Um, It says post-production, expected 2022.
0: So I'm thinking we should get
1: some kind of trailer, I would think, soon. Yeah, like it doesn't even mention um, Jordan Rylance. Like, who's playing Jordan? Is Jordan in it? Are we going to even have that part of the He better be. I know. It (laughs) makes sense,
0: you know especially if they continue it, if it does well enough, they're probably gonna make the second book, I would think Well, I
1: would think so. And and this book reads, like, it's a great book. It's well told. It's a it's a nice tale. um, Right? Um, He does a really nice job of telling this story, it moves so quick and at a Mm -hmm. fast pace. And it's fun. But it you know, from a, you know, a a literary prose perspective, it's not, you know, rock in the world. um, From that perspective, but it's just it's written. So it's written like a movie, right? Exactly. It's written like it should be adapted. Correct. Like uh, you had to think like, was Tim Federley even thinking this as he wrote this book, right? I have it. You have to think that sometimes. I mean, I personally go, you know what, how would I see this in my
0: mind if it were a movie? How would this play out? You know, so that's how I kind of, (laughs) I write a story or something. I kind of think of it that way. Like, how does this look? And did
1: he hand this book over to Disney when he said, I want to adapt this high school musical series to you. You should read this book um, to help, you know, land the job. Wink, wink. I want to make this book too. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'll what? sell you the rights to these, book. I'll give you this book. If you hire me to make this show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, might as well, you know, and mm-hmm. especially since it apparently did well enough to get two sequels. So it's mm-hmm. obviously popular enough. So um, what, what scenes do you definitely want to
1: see featured? So I definitely want to see him do all of the parts from the sides from ET reading every single part, yes, slamming the door and knocking himself out. Mm-hmm. I want to see it with no cuts exactly oh, just a one straight a completely manic that. manic scene of him just all over the place and jumping over to one side and then jumping when he's over to the other side when he's talking in a different character's voice and then jumping over here right I'm, um definitely slamming to that, that, that door scene. and then getting locked out be, Oh, one hundred percent. i can't I think wait they to have see that. the ability to make that really really funny i hope um, they do
0: and i think they could do it really well because you you know just watching it as a kid, like oh oh <laughs> you know i don't know if you've ever seen have you ever auditioned for anything or
1: Oh yeah. Oh, plenty of times. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, everybody knows that, you know, that feeling of like people just staring at you (laughs) yeah. and you have to like doing this right. (laughs) All of a sudden you're like, uh, so you just kind of wing it sometimes and hopefully it works out. So it's one of those scenes that any theater kid would look at and go, Oh, I remember that. Oh, that's, Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, it's, it's adorable. I love it. I
1: remember not knowing what I was doing and I would have done that too. I would have read all those parts too. Right. (laughs) Like, yeah. um, I kind of hope they also keep it at the
0: Halloween time so that, yeah, you know, fun. and they can, I want to really see these, these people that he says, I want to go with them for Halloween. I want to go with them for Halloween. And I almost want to see like a mm. fantasy sequence of him dressed up as that character, like in a little thought bubble in mm. his head type of thing. I think that'd be really fun to see like the different wigs and the different, you know, the homeless lady he saw without missing the teeth. Oh, I want to go with her
1: for Halloween, <laughs> you know, that yep. kind of stuff. And uh, I think that'd be really fun to see. I really would love to see, I really would like them to keep that scene with him and freckles where he's talking to him about aunt Heidi. Why aren't you with aunt Heidi? And he's like, well, I, I like boys, right? Like I really liked that scene for the two of those characters mm-hmm. because I think it was really the most confronting scene for Nate to really face facts of, of someone's sexuality at, at the very least. Right. Like it was somebody he didn't re- already suspect to correct. It's a real moment of, of, of that of that topic. Um, So I I hope they keep that scene. I thought it was a really nice scene. I thought it was established freckles is a really good character. Yeah, um, to be able to do that and go into that scene and just take Nate away and be like, Let me let me take you somewhere. Um, So yeah, and it like shows that. that he's a very
0: paternal <clears throat> person too, you know, mm-hmm. just wants to take care of somebody and you know, and he he really takes a shine to Nate. Like he's you know he sees himself in Nate. You know it.
1: Yes, one hundred percent. You know,
0: and, and so always like, I need to take care of this kid. And <clears throat> Heidi's like, Yeah, you need you know he's I a role kid. A Heidi important. sees herself in Nate in, in his aspirations. Yeah. And that he's family anyway. But this guy sees him like I see him as being somebody who's probably going to go. Like I said, he's going to go through some stuff pretty soon and he needs this positive influence, you know, that kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, Um,
1: And then I also like I mentioned a few minutes ago, I want to I want to see more of what Libby Libby's antics back home. I'd like to see those more on screen than off screen like they were in the book. I think they could elaborate
0: a little bit more, like maybe even add some things in. You know, add in, I could see her like they're interrogating Libby, and like the stuff that just comes out of her mouth is just nonsense, and that mm-hmm. can be pretty funny to play with too. Like, mm-hmm. just the story she makes up off the top of her head, how mm-hmm. dramatic she can be because she's just as bad right. as him, and uh, and actually, she's a little more confident than him, so she might even be a little bit more. I want to say sociopathic in a way (laughs) with the lies you know what I mean just like flat out telling a dead-on lie you're like wow wow kid (laughs) yep I just I want to worry for her a little (laughs) me too um my hope is that they don't shy away from the gay themes like we said I mean I really do want to keep the I I don't want to you know emphasize it too much you know but i don't want them to drop the the parts where they have him being picked on and being called a faggot and homo i mean it, it could be harsh for the audience but i want i think it's needed for you to feel a little bit bad for nate in order for him to be the underdog of the story you know storytelling yourself
1: in his headspace right you're like why he needs to get out of here and find stakes, himself the stakes for him right these right. are the stakes that he's created for himself
0: find where he belongs
1: um, yeah Um, I completely agree with that. And I I don't think that they would shy away from it. I mean, you look at, although, you know, there's no negativity, but there's definitely plenty of gay themes in High School Musical, the musical, the the series, right? Um, They certainly don't shy away from that sort of stuff at Disney Plus or or in that show. So you have to know that there's still going to be gay themes there, whether or not it's that mean spirited that that piece of it, we'll see, you know, <clears throat> and that's
0: why I, I'm I'm fearful fearful of that because they kept the high school musical gay characters in, but then they didn't let Love Love Victor show up on Disney Plus. They moved it to Hulu because it was, quote, more mature. Because oh, there sex it themes and stuff. More,
1: it definitely is more mature. <laughs> but you know what I
0: mean? But this kinda of had it kind of lingers in between the two in a way. You know what I mean? Like there's that maturity level to it, but then there's mm-hmm. that kind of innocent level. So maybe that's, you know, it being such a young kid and there isn't really mm-hmm. sex involved, but there is some talk of stuff, you know? So it's like, Hmm, where are they going to go with it? You know, are they going to really go there? And I hope they do. Um, I also kind of want to see <laughs> they linger a little bit. They kind of mentioned this, that Heidi used to do commercials in the past. And I mm-hmm. kind of want them to like, look up com- her commercials on YouTube too, at some point. And just to see how funny they could be, like how just ridiculous. Like, I don't know why, but that seems outdated. And yeah, ridiculous. how dated yeah. it is. And like, what was that? I was watching Big Bang Theory and Penny gets a commercial for like hemorrhoid cream, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, how are you doing?" She's and she's they're riding horses, and she goes, "Sitting pretty." <laughs>
1: <And> it just <laughs>
0: kind of over the top, and I kind of want to see that kind of level of humor about it, just over the top and silly. I, I would love to see Lucy Kudrow do more like. That. I, she's great in that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I could also see her playing the mom as well, though. I could see her mm-hmm. playing both those yeah. parts. She's perfect for both those parts, and um i'm really excited for her that she's in
1: this i really am i, I miss
0: lisa kudrow we don't
1: have enough of her mm-hmm. the train the train station scene is pretty funny too with the speech because that's the monologue that get that he uses mm-hmm. at the audition in the end so well, that guy's berating <laughs> him about
0: you know you need to show us passion you need to show us dr- drama and stuff so he doesn't have anything really prepared and all he knows is hamlet and the guy went off on him for even suggesting as such so he just starts going um, and he just starts going off like he's ordered tickets to the tr- at the damn the bus station, and it's like my mother has got an ailment; she's in the bathroom, you see, and I'm gonna get these things, and, and then they're just like, "What the hell did this
1: come? Go- what play is that from? It's from uh, Great Works by L- Libby or something, yeah, and it's This like <laughs> yes, an unpublished work. And then he tells Libby later, "Oh, by the way, I used that monologue you wrote for me at the for the bus station. She's like, I just use it." She's like, I'll, yeah, I'll take credit for that later. I was like, yeah, I, I, I didn't tell her
0: that I changed some things, but yeah, <laughs> I want to see that too. I hope they do that whole scene. That'd be so great. Okay, well, next, I want to go into cartoon character castings. I'm going to spin the wheel and we'll pick oh, from. Uh, oh, I
1: see. Yes. You get know
0: what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. let's see. And it's spinning, and it's spinning, and it's spinning. And where did we landed on? We are landing on oh Batman. The animated series? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I chose Batman because it wasn't it was an animated series. Mm-hmm. So I count it. Um so we're gonna choose like characters from Batman, especially the animated oh, series, which is <laughs> I know, and we're gonna ch- we're gonna cast the Nate characters using Batman characters.
1: Okay. Well, Robin would play Nate.
0: <laughs> okay. You think, um, okay, Um, how about the boy, uh, the boy wonder? Who do you think it's going to be Aunt Heidi then? Do you think that's going to be Batman or is that going to be like a.
1: Hmm. Aunt Heidi. Hmm, that's a great question.
0: Because he is his mentor, but is he a good mentor?
1: Yeah. So I'm trying to think. I I feel like Batman would play a con- a conglomerate of his mother and his father.
0: Yeah. Okay. I can see I that. Think. Someone he doesn't want to disappoint.
1: Yeah. But, but at the same like, time, he
0: needs to get away from him and become his Nightwing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Come, become Nightwing. Absolutely. Maybe hmm, I'm trying to think if the, Libby would the be the Joker would, would that play Aunt, <laughs> <laughs> the Joker would play Aunt Heidi. <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> the uh, this is
0: tough. This is not an easy one. I would see Alfred as being Aunt Heidi because
1: mm, yeah, Alfred's I can see a little that. more
0: understanding, has yeah. a bit of voice voice of reason in there, but yeah, doesn't really smart. have to that's say good. so.
1: Jordan Rylance would be played by the Joker <laughs> <laughs> I just want to cast the Joker into something
0: Joker's got to be there somewhere the yeah. Joker could be that damn um, what's his name the choreographer guy that British guy that oh yeah that could be because he's kind of the villain of the whole audition process anyway
1: we've got Commissioner Gordon hmm Batgirl like I guess Libby would be Batgirl totally Batgirl totally mm-hmm. Batgirl
0: um I would kind of see freckles would be there. Any I don't good, know who freckles. Other good guy of,
1: characters. Well, I mean, there's multiple Robins. You have Dick, you have Tim Drake, Tim Drake, 100% Tim Drake. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. I am not. So, familiar with Tim So Drake. Tim Drake, 100% would be freckles. Or, or we could go ahead and pick Superman, son of Kal-El, Jonathan Kent. He's gay. And freckles is. Yeah, I know I'm I don't want to jump I mean,
0: You know, well, I guess so. Um I kind of can see, you know what, I would say Libby would not be Batgirl. I would see Libby as more Harley Quinn. Oh oh, oh okay. Because she's out there, she's over <clears> the top, <throat> you know what I mean? She's calling the shots. She's not necessarily completely evil anyway. So, you know, I think I think she could be Harley Quinn. And okay. uh God, who would Anthony be?
1: His jerk Anthony. brother. Hmm. Anthony, the Joker? No, not the Joker, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Riddler. The Joker. <laughs> How many Jokers we got in this? Um <laughs> Well, there's multiple versions. You could have It's like, like Nate in the audition playing every Joker. part. We could have Heath Ledger's Joker. We could have um I can't mind by drawing a blank on his name from Suicide Squad, but whatever.
0: We can jump on into Batman Beyond if we wanted to. What was his name? Um
1: I've never seen Batman Beyond.
0: Really? Yeah. Terry, Terry McGill. I think that's his name. And uh, yeah, he becomes Batman with old man Bruce. Um, yeah. It's interesting. It's I, I've watched some of that, but.
1: Well, we yeah. just did our best.
0: <laughs> we did our best.
1: We did our best. <laughs> I did my best.
0: Yeah. It's kind of a hard one to ch- choose from, but that's okay. It's, that's the challenge. That's the challenge.
1: Mm-hmm. It's challenging. Um,
0: OK, um, yeah, that's I guess that's it for this book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a great book. I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to see yeah. it um, on Disney Plus coming out soon. And I hope that it, it lives up to my expectations. Um, I'm sure it yeah. will. It was written by the same written directed by the same guy. So it's, it's probably going to still at least have the same feeling, even if some things are changed. I would hope that yeah, the same I feeling agree. behind it. Mm-hmm. And I really recommend anybody read this book. Go get it. Better Nate than ever by Tim Fetterly. It is available pretty much everywhere. You can get it on ebook. You can get it through your library, through audiobook. You can get it, you know, you know, physical book if you wanted to. And it's got two sequels. The next one is Five Six Seven Eight, which makes it do, do it does make it sound like he gets it, like he gets mm-hmm. a part. And the next one after that is Nate Expectations, which I'm really interested how this all plays out. You know, um, I'm wondering if he's going to end up living with Heidi. Part time, mm-hmm. if he's gonna, you know, he would
1: have to, I would think.
0: Yeah, I don't know how that's all going to. He's go definitely
1: down. a character you want to spend time with, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited that there's additional books. So yeah,
0: and I could actually see this becoming a series. If anything, you know, if they decided mm-hmm. to do that, off, you know, from the first movie, mm-hmm. you know, just go ahead and make it into a series. That'd be fun to watch. They'd have yeah, to work fast, but. Anyway, thanks so much for
1: joining me, Bob. You're and welcome. I'm, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you're going to have to give me some more uh, um, comics to read and uh, oh, get caught up on. I'm still going to read Crimson Volume 2. So um. Okay.
1: Oh, I'm <laughs> glad that you read Volume 1.
0: Yeah, I really liked it. So, um, <laughs> Great. And we will talk to you all again. Thank you. And make sure you go to uh, Twitter uh, at Dustin underscore Holden or Instagram at Dustin can read, or DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. You can message me there just go ahead and you know shout out to me or you can go to buymeacoffee.com and slash dustin can read and give me a little tip or something yeah, it'd be great and make sure you visit bob and at disnerd bob <laughs> on twitter yep,
1: disnerd bob on twitter and instagram yep
0: yeah and then also listen to the great
1: pop culture debate pretty much anywhere pop culture debate, debate. A words, pop <laughs> <play>. yeah yep. <laughs> a lot of words great pop culture debate <laughs> all right dustin out Dustin Dustin can read